Christmas 2001, I was over 4,000 miles from home in the country of Ukraine, in the city of Lviv. I missed my family, but I couldn't pass up this chance. For a friend of mine from college by the name of Jason Sharon had moved to the Ukraine to teach English right after we graduated. And he fell in love with it, the country, the culture, the church there, their liturgies marked with even more incense and chanting than you get from me. And he wanted me to come and experience it. He invited me. He was going to provide accommodations, and he was such a gracious host in many ways, at least. He made sure that there was a, a chance for me to, to call home, as challenging as that was back in the day, and even found somehow an old VHS tape of It's a Wonderful Life that I got to sit and watch and then try to explain to some of his English students. Jimmy Stewart's accent uh, was tough for the Ukrainian college students. He was gracious in many ways, but he also got me to eat the grossest thing I've ever consumed. When we were on a train ride across the, the country, we shared a car with some pretty rough Ukrainian workmen who um, were eating something that caught my eye in a strange way. It was a beige block of something that they were carving off with a, a sharp knife and eating on rough bread and come to find out it was dried pig fat. Ugh. They offered me some. I said, oh, thank you. No, no. And then Jason turns to me and says, Brian, in this culture, if someone offers you something, you really, it's really bad form. Oh, well, and that maybe, maybe just a little. And they sliced off not such a little slice and put it on the bread for the American tourist and watched as I ate it. And then I realized that Jason was watching as well with saucers for eyes. You ate it. I've never eaten it. <laughs> he completely punked me on this thing. I felt greasy the rest of the trip, and I understood why that they were washing it down with a bottle of vodka straight from the bottle. It was awful. Eventually, though, he saw the error of his ways. He got on the, on the straight track and... Um, eventually was ordained a priest of the Ukrainian Rite Catholic Church and was sent back to the U.S. He's now assigned to a Ukrainian Rite Catholic Church just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But you can imagine how I thought of him with this week's news. And so I called him up on Friday. He said, Brian, you have to pray for me. Um, I'm heading back. As the tanks crossed the border, he made plans to cross over as well because he knew of an orphanage with 22 children that he's set on rescue. Last I corresponded with him by text, yesterday he was making his way through the night to, to cross the border. I, I've lost track. I'm scared for him. He's running to the one place it seems that the whole world is trying to avoid. And I'm inspired by him because he's making this incredible leap of faith. We don't know how it'll turn out. Even he doesn't know how it'll turn out, if the children will be rescued, if, if he'll even make it back himself. 
but we all know his motivation. It's heroic. He's going to rescue children. I share this story now in part because, of course, he asked for your prayers as well, but I share it now because we need a hero. Our world does. Each of us do. We, we and our children, we need to be rescued as well. Jesus asks that pointed question, can a blind person guide a blind person? And of course, we all know that the answer is, is no. In fact, it's supposed to be taken that way. It's supposed to have a comical factor, like the Three Stooges, like Monty Python, like the image on the cover of your worship aid. We know how those sketches end. They don't end well. In fact, they end often in a well. But a hero, a hero has vision, has a vision. Every earthly hero does, to be sure. There's some vision of what needs to be done. The doctor can see what he's doing surgery on. The athlete knows the finish line. The, the musician is aware of the notation and the, the conductor's baton. What about the spiritual hero? What is their vision? Jesus goes on to explain it when saying, continuing his comic genius, this funny image of trying to remove a splinter from another person's eye when we have a six-foot beam in our own eye, alluding to the fact that it, it's easier to, to see another's faults than to deal with our own. Jesus points out what's needed for the spiritual hero is the vision of humility. That beam is like a, a sign of pride, a sign of poor humility, a need for, for spiritual vision. And so I propose that as we enter into the season of Lent this Wednesday, we can be all scheduled in these 40 days for spiritual eye surgery. To think of that prayer and fasting and almsgiving that we speak of every Lent as a means to help clear our own vision. For Father Jason is, is heading into harm's way with a plan. It may be a convoluted plan, it, it may be an act of desperation, but it is a plan. How about you? In the midst of the harm's way of life, with so much division and death. What's your plan? What's your plan for Lent? One family I was with this week, they, they said, Father, we're giving up Netflix. No more. From now on, we've watched all the good stuff that's on there, and now it's just the bad stuff. So why keep it? Get rid of it. Help the vision. In similar fashion, I've decided the only screen time besides work is going to be using our parish's program of formed. So much good stuff there that I haven't taken the time to explore. What an opportunity for, for clearer vision. What about your plan for Lent? What sacrifices are you going to do? What are, what are you going to take on as added programming? 
If you don't have a plan, the insert and the bulletin have some great ideas because all of them point in one direction to the one, the one spiritual hero. It is Jesus with the one who has the vision, the one who came to earth and crossed a border into harm's way, into the life of humanity so that he could rescue us, no longer orphans, but orphans now surrounded by sin and death. Jesus is the one who comes and knows the way out, for he is the way. And he doesn't have a six-foot beam in his eye, but he allows his hands to be nailed to a similar beam and changes everything, even the worst of the worst. And so St. Paul can say to the Corinthians, death, oh, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? May we, like Paul, have eyes to see him, to see Jesus, and the humility to follow him this week.